good. <laughs> I didn't see David, and I was thinking, oh, <laughs> they're here. Good. Well, wow. Welcome, everybody. It's good to see you all again. I have to, I was just telling Elaine, I felt really bad about canceling last Sunday. I understand that some people said to me later, well, there was no ice where I was. Well, Joel and I talked, and they had a lot of ice. I had a lot of ice, and we were just afraid that somebody might get in trouble, that Owen might slip in the, and fall. You know, he's a little doppic that way. But anyhow, I felt bad. I, I really felt bad because I couldn't get a hold of Pastor Sandy, and he made it all the way here and then had to go home. I figured he'd go someplace. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I thought maybe he might go to Lancaster because I know he said one time that he has a lot of friends down in Lancaster, Church of the Brethren, that he wanted to go see. So, But I'm glad he, he did get to worship someplace so so I apologize to all of you that because of that but oh well that's water over the dam and under the bridge and whatever so one thing uh, believe it or not here we are at the, almost at the end of April and Nancy April no it's June I'm sorry this happens when you get old you know I rely, I rely on the government to tell me what to say. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyhow, we, here we are at, almost at the end of February. And Nancy just handed me a sheet, and on that is Easter flower order form. So uh, they're going to be back on the table, and if you'd like to order some flowers in honor of, in memory of, or just to, to help make the sanctuary beautiful, fill this out. Uh, they don't have to be in until March 21st, so you have a couple weeks. But uh, pick up a form and fill it out and make sure Nancy gets that back so that uh, we can get those orders in as necessary. And uh, search team, I talked to a couple of you. If I can see you just a couple minutes after worship, I have a little information to pass on to you. So uh, we'll do that. And I want to welcome David. Finally, we get David back. <laughs> had, to, had to cancel the poor guy. And, and when I called Sue uh, this week and asked whether she could ask David to preach, she said, well, I hope we do it because if he doesn't, if you cancel him, he's never going to come back again. <laughs> well, if you look in your bulletin on, on the inside, days to celebrate for, for February, look at all the birthdays. Yes, yes, look at that. Uh, a lot of people in February and anniversary John and Claudia on the 10th yeah so when we uh, get to this to the uh, prayer and concerns 
we'll have to sing uh, happy birthday to y'all. Y'all. So, okay. Yes. Oh, that would be nice. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Try and rattle off all those names. <laughs> that would be terrible. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, what? Oh, thank you. Yes, baby bottles. They were due last week, uh, but we didn't have worship. If you have your baby bottle with you, put it back on the table back where the offering plates are, okay? We usually have uh, the cradle up here, but uh, with the precautions for closeness and so forth, uh, just set it back there on your way out as you do with your offering, okay? So, uh, okay. We have an opening hymn to sing, and this is why we're here, to praise God and his son, Jesus Christ. Christine, we'll start with you. Do you have any that you'd like to update us on? You do. Okay. Yes, I just like to, we did do a lot of updating. My page is really scribbled that I had. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> but we took a lot of people off, which was good things. Yeah. Uh, and one of them was our uh, granddaughter, Lauren Meyerhofer. She was to have surgery for gallstones and have a gallbladder, but she did not have to have it. Good. And as of now, and the pain has ceased. Wow. Now, she is on medication, but uh, praise the Lord. Answer to prayers yeah. of no surgery. She was supposed to have it February 12th, and she did not have it. And she's doing great. Good. In fact, they were there to visit us last Friday. We had a great visit together with the whole family. Good. So we're very happy about that. But then we, then we heard some other news just last night that her husband, Brian Marhofer, he has a herniated disc, and he's going to have to have surgery. I don't know when. We aren't, hasn't been scheduled. He has doctor appointments coming up, and but we seem to be going from one thing to the other. Yeah. But, but uh, and a lot of the people that we took off, we had a lot of good results with people. Um, I know I have some of my friends on, and my brother and his wife. Uh, some are still kept on, but things are, you know, prayers are being answered. Yeah, we, we've had lots and lots of people on here with so many things, so many needs, and so many uh, illnesses and, and cancers. This thing seems to be thriving again. Um, and I'm going to let you share about Peter. Okay. If you'll share that, I didn't. I put it on the prayer chain that he passed away, if you'll do that. Okay, yep. That's good. That's what I have. Okay. Uh, Christine just alluded to the fact that uh, Peter Hewitt, which was uh, Walter's friend and house friend, passed away on uh, Friday. Friday morning. He had he was suffering from dementia, Alzheimer's, which I don't not too sure which is which. But anyhow, he did pass away. So so they're reunited. 
in the big house. Just while you're here, I just want to say that the name of Jesus is above cancer. And we, else? Yeah, and we found that out a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. Who else? Karen. Um, my mother-in-law is now at Lebanon Valley Home. Um, this past Thursday was a week. Uh, it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, we had a good experience at the med center, not such a good experience at rehab. I'm not sure why, but... Um, we are back to good experience at Lebanon Valley. We can visit her through a window, so we've been able to do that, I believe, four times now since she's been there. Um, found out yesterday, now she has C. diff, so it's like as soon as you think we're heading in the right direction, something else pops up. But um, she is definitely a fighter. She would not have made it this far, so just keep praying, please. Um, our little Allie Palacios that I made the prayer shawl for, five-year-old with leukemia, um, she happens, well, was in uh, Karen's daughter April's kindergarten class at Fink Elementary School. So, and I didn't know that until I brought it up at church. But Karen just shared with me this morning that April got a text that Allie is cancer-free. Oh, my God. <sighs> wow. Praise God. That wow. Oh my God! So happy! So thank you all for the prayers. Wow, that brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! 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 And who says prayer doesn't work? Wow. Um, keep my dad and my mom and all the other Cobra family in their prayer, your prayers. February first, my uncle passed away. And this summer, they're going to take a, a week off from farming and going out to Iowa for the murder service. In Iowa? In Iowa. Wow. Okay. Yeah, your, your uncle was older than your dad, right? Yeah. yeah. He, my uncle was eight, must be 88 in May. Oh, 88. Okay. Oh, he lived a long life. Yeah. That's good. Who else? I guess we can let you talk. <laughs> um, last time that David and I were here, our daughter was in the hospital um, having a baby. And they, uh, Hezekiah Luke was born that evening. Um, and every, and he's, oh, melts with grandma's heart, of course. <laughs> Love him to pieces, and um, on Tuesday evening, uh, my daughter called me, and she said, Hey, Mom, um, are you um, able to come over and watch the kids? I have to go to the emergency room. And so she had um, ended up having some issues, and um, I ended up going to the hospital with her because Daddy knew the baby's routine. Grandma didn't know it so much yet. And um, so I was in the emergency room with her, um, and they doing blood tests and ultrasounds and stuff. And 
and they found that she had to um, have a procedure done. Well, they didn't determine that right away. They admitted her Wednesday morning. We were in the emergency room for three hours in the waiting room before they actually took her in. But, you know, so we went through a lot of waiting, a lot of tests, a lot of things, and they finally decided she needed this procedure. Well, she was up in labor and delivery, and, well, there were C-sections in front of her, and they just had no idea when they would be able to do this. And meanwhile, we're sitting there for, you know, we've been there almost 24 hours, and, um, you know, they're saying, we don't know when we're going to get to do it, but this is what we need to do. So the Lord reminded me that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. So that's what I prayed and I shared with my daughter. I said, this is the scripture God gave me, so we need to, you know, we're going to just expect God. Within a half an hour, they had come in and said, hey, we found room and a place. We're going to do the surgery, and the ball got rolling, and off we went. So I praise the Lord that he reminded me of his way, that his way is the way. And you got to look to him in every circumstance. And so uh, she had the surgery, and um, she, her blood count is on its way back up because her blood count had really fallen. And, uh, but it's on its way up. She came home Friday afternoon. So she was in the hospital from Tuesday to Friday. Now, Grandma did get to spend the last day and a half with the kids and had the baby. So <laughs> I did my bonding. <laughs> him right now. God, we don't have to come to you in prayer as a corporate body, but we, we love to do this because you love to hear us talk to you. And we love that you listen. And we know that you listen. We know that prayer works. Prayer is a powerful tool that you have given us. And thank you for that. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for Young people who now don't have cancer. What a blessing. What an answer to prayer. We have, oh, just so many things to pray about, Lord, and so many ways to say thank you. Because as Sue shared, how in the world would that procedure get done without prayer? Lord, you are powerful. You make the way. And thank you for that. Thank you for people's lives who have now gone on, hopefully to be with you and reunited with their friends. No more pain. No more dementia. No more cancer. Just joyous, joyous company with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Bless their families, Lord. Keep them strong. Keep them faithful. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for all situations. Thank you for individuals who are improving, who have been moved to care facilities. 
We pray for them, Lord. We pray that all outcomes are positive. But we know, Lord, that you're the great physician. You're the God that heals, and you're the God that's in control of all things. And your way is not our ways. But we still ask you to intervene. And thank you for that. Lord, thank you for Christians throughout the world. And thank you for especially the Christians in Nigeria. Lord, we just can't help but think that those that were rescued were a result of prayer. Thank you, Lord. We know that you take care of your own. We often don't believe that the secular society believes. But we know. We know who's in charge. And you certainly are. And as I said before, bless those Christians throughout the world. Bless those in Nigeria and Syria, China, Korea, wherever there is oppression. And yes, even here in the United States, there is a form of oppression. Lord, we put our faith in you. We build our house on the rock, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to come together as a corporate body and worship you and give you all the praise that you deserve. And we thank you and we praise you for all that you have done. And this we say in Jesus' name our Savior, your Son. Amen. David, welcome. Finally, we get to hear your message. Thank you for being so generous in your time. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me back. I appreciate that. And I always enjoy coming out here. It's good. <laughs> it's good to to be here and just enjoy the presence of the Lord. And I just want to say real quick before I get started. Now I heard about the different answers to prayer that's going on out there, and I say to you, to everybody, keep it up, keep it up. Don't, uh, don't give up. Don't grow weary in praying. You know, I think that you can see the evidence of prayer and of the answers to prayer that are coming to this congregation. And I thank God for it. And when I heard about that young girl, five years old, cancer-free, I just wanted to say, hallelujah, amen. And as you well know, I get a little excited at times and that's normally not, uh, that's not the way I am. But when I get to talking about the things of God and talking about the word of God, I want you to know there's an excitement that comes up inside of me and I just want to be able to share with everybody else, oh, that God is alive, hallelujah. And prayer changes things. I want you to understand that. You know, the Bible talks about that we should pray at all times. And my brother and sister, don't give up on prayer. But before I get started, let's pray. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to you this day 
for all that you are doing right in the midst of all of your people, right in the midst of this congregation. Oh, God, all the prayers that have been answered, Lord, the things that have gone up and come before you, Lord. The Father, just like my wife said, you have made a way where there seems to be no way. Thank you, Lord, that you are the way. And we give you praise and honor for that this morning, O oh God. And now, Father, as we go into this message, I pray that your anointing would come upon me, that I would speak the very oracles of God, speak the things that you once spoken to this congregation, O oh God, that, Father, that they would be lifted up and that they would be blessed by your holy word. We thank you that your word is truth. We thank you that your word is powerful. We thank you that your word is sent forth and will not return unto you void, but will accomplish all that you have sent it out to do. And we thank you for that this morning, O oh God. And we ask, Lord, that your anointing would be upon this congregation, that they would have open minds and open hearts to hear and to be receptive unto what the Holy Ghost is saying to them this morning. And, Father, we thank you and we praise you that you are here right in our midst that you're at work, oh God. Even when we can't see you, even when we can't feel you, God, you are at work. And we give you praise and honor for it in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for again having me back. And hopefully I'll be able to finish this message finally on prayer. Finally we'll get through it. But I'm not going to promise anything. <laughs> but as we talk about prayer and think about prayer and what prayer is, I think so many times that we as Christians have an understanding or a connotation that somehow prayer is difficult to do. That it's difficult to engage it. That somehow we have in our mind the way prayer should be done, and if we don't conform or do what we believe in our mind, that somehow we're not accomplishing prayer. I was talking with a gentleman last night. I had called him, and I was just calling to, to chat with him and encourage him. And during that time of talking with him, he said this to me about prayer. He said, you know, he said, I don't engage in prayer because of how I think God is or acts towards me. He said, as an example, he said, oftentimes when I would think about praying, I would think about, well, God doesn't love me or God doesn't care for me or he said this also, he said, or I look around at other people that I seem to think are more productive in their Christian life than what I am, that they're better off as Christians than what I am, that they don't have problems like I do, that they are more spiritual than I am. Well, I want you to understand that all of what he just said is absolutely, unequivocally not true because all of us, the Bible says all of us 
while we're living here on this earth, we are all tempted, we're all tried, we're all persecuted to some extent in some way, that we are no different than one another. I am no different than Mike. I'm no different than my wife. I'm no different than anybody else out there. But I do want you to know that some of us may understand God a little bit more and may take advantage of that more, but that by no means means that God has a favorite. God is no favorite, has no favorites out there. He is no respecter of persons. If what you do is according to what the Word of God declares, I want you to know that you are a functioning Christian. And all you have to do is go according to what the Word of God declares. All of us can do that. And we need to realize that all of us, no matter what, that we are born-again people of God. We are children of Almighty God. When you accepted Christ into your life, and I have said this many times, and I'll keep on saying it because it is so true, we are new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away. Hallelujah. And the new has come. Hallelujah. God has made you a brand new Christian. He's made you a brand new creature, a new creation, something that never existed before he has made you into. You are now a child of Almighty God. Woo, hallelujah. That, my brother and sister, is the best news of the day. And every day we need to realize that. And every day we need to confess that. And every day we need to speak that out so our he ears hear what we are saying, that I'm a Christian, that I'm a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. Aren't you glad that the old you has passed away? All those things that you used to do before you became a Christian has now gone by the wayside. God has washed it, hallelujah. I like that word, that, or that, that hymn we sung, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, what can cleanse my sin? But nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I want you to understand that when you come to God in prayer, that you can come boldly. The word of God declares that in Hebrews 4, 16. He says, come boldly to the throne room of grace that you may find help, that you may find mercy, that you may find grace to help in the time of need. Why did he tell you to do that if he wasn't willing to answer your prayers? Why would he tell you to come and to come boldly? But how often do we come to God boldly? More often than not, we come timidly. We come into his presence begging and pleading. And he's saying, no, I want you to come boldly. Remind me of what my word says. Remind me of what I've spoken to you. Come boldly to the throne of Oh, that you may receive mercy. Hallelujah. That's what we need. We need mercy. We need grace to help in the time of trouble. Oh, do you think it's by chance that these prayers have been answered? No, I want you to know a thousand times no. It's because Almighty God's hand is in the picture. Hallelujah. He's walking behind the scenes. The Holy Ghost is doing what he needs to do in the lives of these people. And you know what? 
It helps build you up. It bolsters you up. It makes you want to pray again. It makes you want to come to Almighty God. It makes you want to come before the throne. My God, if he can do it for this one, why can't he do it for this one? That's because he can. But we need to lift them up. We need to pray for them, my brother and sister. We need to let them know that Almighty God is real. What a great way to know that Almighty God is real by answering prayer. Do you believe that God is able to answer your prayer? Can you believe that? Oh, he may answer somebody else's prayer. They might be a little more spiritual than me. They might have a little bit more in with God. Ah, that's foolishness. I want you to know you can pray just as much as anybody else can pray. As the greatest saint that you know, you can pray just like that. Because on, in Christ, we're on level ground. There is nobody that's bigger and better, not when it comes to individuals. We all have our part to play. We all need to share in the prayer burdens that are out there. So, if you have your Bibles this morning, I want to start with James 5.16. Now, I may have alluded to this a little bit the last time I spoke, but I think it bears repeating. In James 5.16, it says this. And again, we're talking about prayer here. It says, confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another. See, encouraged to pray. Be encouraged to pray one for another. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. Now, some translations say this. The energized prayer of a righteous man. Think about that. The effectual, fervent prayer. There's different ways to describe prayer. But here he's telling us that this is an, this is an energized prayer. This is an effectual, fervent prayer. This is an earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. Now, you need to realize and understand that you are a righteous person before Almighty God. You need to understand that you are not some lowly, no-good sinner anymore. When you were a sinner, you came to God, gave your heart to Him, and He changed you from a no-good, lousy heathen which I was. Dear God, I was a no good, lousy heathen. I was a heathen through and through. But I want you to know the grace of God, hallelujah, it came to me. That grace of God came and it changed me. That blood washed over me and cleansed me of all of my sin. Now, now, I stand righteous before Almighty God because he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he said that he made me righteous because of him, because of Christ. He who knew no sin, he's the righteousness of God and now 
he made me righteous. And guess what? That means he made you righteous. You are now a righteous person. And just as you, as you come to know that, then this scripture here becomes more real to you and should be a thing that you use, a scripture that you do battle with, that the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not righteous in my own, but I am righteous because of what Christ has done for me. Now I am a righteous man, and I can have that earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer Oh, glory to God, when you get into that situation, when you understand that and the prayer things come to you, the requests come to you, I want you to know you can stand in the righteousness of Almighty God and you can come before Him boldly and confidently believing that He will hear and answer your prayer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It makes the prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Think about that. You're talking about getting God involved in your situation, in whatever it is that you're finding in your life, whatever comes up against you, whatever a prayer comes towards you, whatever request may come before you, no matter what the circumstance or situation, all of a sudden now you're inviting God into that situation. And don't you think that God knows how to deal with that? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I'm sorry if I get, offend anybody by getting excited, but I want you to know, Woo! hallelujah, this is almighty God that you're talking about. You're not just talking about somebody that's strolling down the street, some hobo that might be out there, some Joe Blow that you might meet. You're talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. That, my brother and sister, is what we have to take into prayer with us, understanding who it is that we are dealing with. And know, and know, we have to know that God Almighty is concerned about us, that he knows what's good for us, that he can hear and answer prayer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Elijah, think about this. Elijah was a man, a human being, a person, just like you and me. He had a nature, just like we do. Do you ever get fickle with things? Huh? Did you ever doubt God? Did you ever get a little squirmish when it comes to these things? Did you ever get like, oh, what's the use? You know, Elijah felt like that. Just think about this man for a moment. Here he was, did all of that stuff before the prophets of Baal. Made fun of them. Fire came down from heaven and lapped up all the water around the altar. And after it was all said and done, Jezebel told him, he said, she said, before the day's out, I'm going to have your head. Here's a man of God. These mighty acts happened as, as, he, as he spoke. 
And Jezebel threatened him. And what did he do? The man got scared and took off. That woman frightened him. He's a man subject to like passions as we are. Amen? Sometimes my wife talks to me, I get scared. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just teasing. I'm just I'll pay for that one. <laughs> but really, a man like that, you'd think he'd be wishy-washy. You'd think that God wouldn't hear him. But yet, he's quoted right here. He's brought out in this scripture. He's remembered. God's saw fit to put in his holy scriptures this man Elijah as an example of prayer, as an example of someone that prays. And he said, Elijah was a man with a nature such as we have, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. And he prayed earnestly. See, there's that earnest bit again. There's that heartfelt, earnest, continued prayer. There it is. Prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and guess what happened? It didn't rain. Then in verse 18 it says, and he prayed again, and then it rained. You see, God heard and answered his prayer. And this is an example to us that we should be the same. That we should realize that God hears and answers prayer. The original Hebrew, where it says he prayed earnestly, uses what they call an idiom. It said, he prayed with prayer. Meaning, he was very intense about his prayer. He was zoned in, as you would say. He was intent. It was heartfelt. He prayed with prayer. He was sincere. But he was direct. And do you think when he prayed like that, that he was not bold? You think when he prayed like that, that he come to God and said, Oh, dear Lord, you know what I'm like? No, I don't think he did. I think he came boldly to that throne room of grace. Now, another scripture. We're talking about prayer. Psalm 55, 17 says, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud. And he shall hear my voice. Are you confident that God will hear your prayer? That he'll hear your voice? Are you confident that when you cry aloud to him, when you go before him, that he's going to hear you? Are you confident that God will hear your prayer? The Passion Translation 
says it this way. Every evening, I will explain my need to him. Every morning, I will move my soul towards him. See, you've got to move towards God. If you want to get answers from God, you've got to move towards him, not away from him. And don't stand still either. Don't be stagnant. You ever see a stagnant pool of water? I have. I'll tell you what, after a while, it puts out a foul stench. You can smell it. So don't just stand there. Don't be stagnant in the things of God or with God, but move forward in him. Be bold enough to act upon what you read in the scriptures. The Bible tells us in the book of James that we're not supposed to be hearers only, but but doers also. We need to hear the word, but we also need to do the word. And the Bible says the man that does that is blessed. So if all you are is a hearer, you're becoming stagnant. You need for your life as a Christian to flourish, you need to move forward and towards God. Every waking hour, I will worship only him, and he will hear and respond to my cry. The psalmist, if you've read the Psalms at all, that guy, man, he was up and down, wasn't he, that guy? One minute he's praising God, the next minute, oh my God, I'm going to, my my enemies are going to overcome me. But even in that, when he would talk like that, that was his heart crying out to God. Even at that, I just was reading through the Psalms myself, and many, 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 many times when he talks like that, when David or the psalmist talks like that, what happens is at the end of that, He says, but God, but God, but God heard my prayer, but God answered me, but God moved on my behalf. Even though he spoke to God about how he felt, he always ended up back believing God to answer his prayer. Are you in that type of mode where you move towards God and then all of a sudden remember all of these things that you've done and that you've said and that you are doing and, and it makes you back up a bit, makes you, you know, because of the circumstances of life, the situations that have come against you and you begin to get weary and you begin to get tired. Oh, my brother and sister, that's when we need to run towards God. We need to move towards God. Move your soul towards him. Because it's when you move towards him that he looks upon us and he will give you strength for your weakness. Glory to God. You can now become strong in him. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. He says this. Don't be pulled in different directions. 
I'll bet you that happens to you a lot. You get pulled in different directions. All kinds of thoughts. Did you ever notice that when you go to pray that all kinds of thoughts start coming across your mind? All kinds of things start happening. Things that get things get brought up in your head that you may not have thought about for years. Things come across your mind. And if you're in an, any type of situation or circumstance, especially if it's bad, all kinds of things start coming across your mind about how God's not going to answer. God's not going to come through. Oh, my gosh, they're going to die. Oh, they're going to be left this way or that way. Or you're not going to, God's not going to hear you. All kinds of things start coming across your mind in rapid fire succession. Sometimes to me, it feels like it's a machine gun of thoughts that just, just keep shooting across your mind. And so often we give in to that and we lose our confidence and boldness before God. So don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Don't get worried about everything. Let me ask you this. When you get worried about something and it plays around in your mind and you go over it in your mind, I mean you are constantly repeating everything that you know up to that point. And then you begin to think about how this thing's going to play out. What's going to happen? You begin thinking about the future, don't you? Well, if this happens, then this is going to... And this is all playing out in your mind. All of this is happening in your mind. None of it may be happening out there, especially when it comes to the future resolution of whatever your circumstance is, but all this time, it's running through your mind. You're constantly thinking. You're worried about it. And here he's saying, don't be. Dear God, are you serious? Lord, are you serious? Don't be worried about this. You know, just like the thing that happened with, uh, with our daughter. When she went into the hospital, my wife first told me, about what happened, I thought at first, well, you know, I think there's going to be a quick resolution to it. You know, I don't think it's anything real serious, right? Well, after she was admitted, I got to thinking, wow, this is a lot more serious than I thought. Maybe I need to pay attention to this. And I'm beginning to think all these different, because I didn't know exactly what was going on. You know, I didn't have any idea exactly what was happening. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, something serious must be going on here. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to worry about this. You know, honestly, that's the kind of thought that I had. Maybe I need to worry about this. Maybe I need to be more concerned. Instead of saying worry, sometimes we say concerned. Oh, I'm just concerned. No, you're worried. You're worried. Baloney. You're worried. Just like anybody else would get. You get worried about it. I was concerned. You know, and I'm not making fun. I'm just saying 
we use those things to try and blunt the true, uh, the reality, the truth of God's word. He's saying don't be worried. Or you could say it this way, don't be concerned. This is what God himself is saying to us. Don't get pulled in all, you know, and I could feel myself beginning to get pulled in all kinds of directions. I'm thinking about how this thing can play out. Man, I tell you what, I had days and weeks, man, I got this thing planned out of how it's going to play out, of what's going to happen. Then she called me one night, or I think it was earlier in the day she had talked with me and said about hey, we need, uh, we need to pray about her getting in. The doctors have this full slate of people that are ahead of her, and we have no idea when she might be able to get in. Now, she didn't tell me about the part where she said she felt that God spoke to her about making a way where there is no way. But myself at home, I prayed the same thing. I didn't know what she what happened with her. She just said, hey, pray. I said, okay, I'll pray. <laughs> and I began to pray, and I'm saying, Lord, you know what's going on over there. I don't. I know how I'm feeling right now, and you know how I'm feeling. But I'm going to set that aside. Now, honestly, this is, how I, this is how I began to pray. Lord, you're God. I'm not. And I said, Lord, there needs to be a way where there seems to be no way. And I'm praying, Almighty God, that you would make a way right in the midst of all of that chaos and confusion and everything else that's happening over there. They're full slate of what's going on. God, you're bigger than all of this. And you're able to do exceeding, I quoted this scripture, exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think, according to the power that works in me. And the power that works in me is the mighty Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I said, Amen. And I didn't know until later that this happened. But thank God, thank God, God will lead you in your prayers. See, you've got to rely upon Almighty God. Trust in Him to lead you. Oh, my goodness, we need to know that God is at work in us and that God is at work through us. Woo! Glory to God. My brother and sister, we need to trust God in this day and in this hour. And we need to pray like we've never prayed before. I want, you to, I want to encourage anybody out there today. If you've given up on prayer, get engaged again. Don't give up in prayer. Don't give up on God. Because you know what? God is not going to give up on you. Woo! Hallelujah! God is not about to give up on you if you don't give up on him. I want you to know if you're feeling faint and you're feeling weak, God says, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Woo, hallelujah. 
In times like that, that's what you need. You need rest, my brother and sister. You need peace because all of these things suck the life out of you. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. Amen. What we don't do is we don't go to God and ask him to infuse us with power. We don't go to God and ask and tell him, God, I need help and I need it now. You need to restore me. You need to revive me. You need to help me right where I'm at. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. Is he not? Amen. He is. You found out over and over and over. Well, you need to rely upon it even more. Glory to God. I'm going to finish with this right here. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. You know, that right there is a completely different direction than what a lot of us do in, in approaching God. 180 degrees off. But every day you need to read a scripture like that. Read scriptures like this. Encourage yourself to get before God. Tell him every detail of your life. Yeah, he knows about it though. You're right, he does. But he just told you, tell him. So are you going to listen to your all-wise, all-knowing mind that says that God already knows about that? Or are you going to listen to what God says where he says, tell me every detail about your life. Talk to me about it. Yeah, but God already knows it. See, that's your mind. That's walking according to the world. That's walking according to your flesh. Do what the Bible says. It's when we do what the Bible says that we become blessed. It's not me fighting with God about, yeah, but you already know about this, God. And I've been there and I've done that. And let me tell you, it don't end well. It doesn't end good at all. All I end up with is more confusion and more frustration and get mad at God. And why would I... Here I am getting mad at God. Now, I know all of you holy saints of God out there don't get mad at God. I understand that. So I'm just telling on myself. I get mad at God at times. And I say, why not? And I even shook my fist and why not, God? And I get referred to this. He says, come and tell did, did you talk to me about this? And I have to admit... Oh, well, now I'm stammering. Like, well, you know, he caught me red-handed, you know. My hand was in the cookie jar. I realized, no, I never talked to God about this. I wanted to blame God for it. And that's a whole different subject. Dearly. But I wanted to end with that. You know, we talked about prayer. And we talked about and, and we've seen it happen right here. Right here in the midst of this congregation, you've seen it happen. God is at move. Listen to God. 
Let him instruct you. Be led by the Lord when you pray for people. When you do that, when you do that, my brother and sister, success, answers will, come, will be forthcoming. And you'll be blessed, and the people that you're praying for will be blessed. Amen. Mike.